bienvenue and welcome to That Guy's a Maniac, the podcast. My name is Richie and with me as always is Farley. Say hello, Farley. Hello. And tell us, Farley, where else can we be found? You can find us at That Guy's a Maniac on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, the home of That Guy's a Maniac, www.thatguys.co.uk. Cool, cool, cool. And how can we bring our lovely listeners such wonderful content? Well, uh, all of the equipment set up, um, professional training that we go on um, routinely, the continued professional development that we undertake in order to bring you this um, professional production uh, can only come with generous support from sponsors. And this week we are sponsored by Spaces Choice. Um, Spaces Choice, you've tried the best. Now try the rest. Spaces Choice. <laughs> Spaces Choice. Cheers, Spaces Choice. Thanks, Spaces Choice. I just kind of turned into Space Joyce. Space, Space Joyce. Joyce. Space Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> Your aging na- neighbour, Joyce. Space Joyce. <laughs> she's, starting to, she's starting to lose it a bit. And you find <laughs> yeah. her wandering down the street in her nightdress. Okay, so that wasn't too bad an intro, was it, Farley? That was pretty smooth, pretty slick. Yeah, I, I missed out that whole shenanigans of the unenviable insight. Because, you know, I hate seeing that word unenviable. Yep. Yeah. Um, good. Well, I'm glad it's done. Right, uh, and what are we doing today? Um, today, because in our timeline, listeners, we're we're trapped in that weird limbo period between Christmas and New Year. You know, maybe you've got like a day at work, but no one's really there, or it's kind of a DOS day because there's not much going on. Uh, and you, yeah, you just kind of in that limbo period. So we've had a little bit of time to be playing some games, some old, some new. Uh, it's also sales time as well, so we've been able to pick up a couple of games on sale so we're doing a bog standard uh what are you playing cool cool well i suppose we should just all kick it off then and uh farley what have you been playing so one of the things i've been playing i think i've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast but i don't know if we've talked about it at length uh i've gone back to uh warframe so in the black friday deals i bought myself a very nice um super mario themed it has a little um uh <laughs> what you call it, Invincibility Star um, SD card, which meant that I could download some really chunky titles um, that I'd kind of archive the software for in order to be downloading new games. And one of the first things I put back on is the um, rather chunky free-to-play game Warframe. Okay. And what have you been doing in Warframe? Well, Warframe is kind of a cliche. There's a, I will recommend there's a really good... Um, unfortunately, the, the name Warframe is so generic, right? So this, we keep making this joke about these generically named games. Um, so you might have heard of it, and you might have heard people talk about it, but never really known kind of what it's about. And the cliche when talking about Warframe is that it's really difficult to describe. So I suggest if you're <laughs> at all interested in in, in what it is, um, it's a uh, um, free-to-play. It's on most platforms. Um, in the past, I think I've mentioned it because it's not a scummy free-to-play game. There is hours and hours and hours of content before you, um, you know, before you even invest in um, uh, the currency that, that helps speed things along. Um, and sometimes there's only kind of items and gear that you can only get with this currency. Um, but there's a really good two-part documentary called "The Story of Digital Extremes" um, by NoClip, um, 
which is a really good introduction to it and kind of explains why it's, it's such a weird game um, and it kind of came out of uh, digital extremes who were doing lots of projects for other people and doing really good jobs um, and but wanted to get their own game kind of off the ground and it never happened so they ended up um, almost pioneering I think a couple of people at the same time putting together this free-to-play model and the game itself <laughs> trying to explain it is um, sci-fi third-person um, <laughs> space ninja shooter action game uh, but that really doesn't do it <laughs> it doesn't do it justice as there's this huge um um backstory which you kind of unlock through through doing quests um but the, the kind of main driving force through it is you have you've got your kind of main weapon your side weapon your melee weapon and then what's called your warframe and then you also have companions uh and you want to kind of level all, all of those up and upgrade them um, and, and that's what keeps you going so you're, you're constantly kind of getting fed or picking up blueprints for kind of new weapons um, as well as new warframes and warframe is your um, character uh, and each warframe has four different abilities which you unlock um, through leveling things up to level 30 which is the max and then whilst you're leveling up and exploring the universe it's set in our universe so it's all the planets of our solar system and some other celestial bodies uh, that unlocks your kind of mastery levels which then allows you to crew more standing um, I joined it uh, I picked up on the switch so I joined it years into it and there's just so much going on they keep adding different uh, mission modes different um, things to do in teams different kind of um, raids then uh, there's loads of have really good community support so community design skins and things for the different warframes um, and each of the Warframes just plays very, very differently and will be based around um, different things. Or it feels a little bit like Pokemon at some point. So one of the ones I'm... One of my favourite Warframes um, is Hydroid, uh, and all his powers are kind of based around the sea. So um, you can you, you kind of... You can pop this uh, ability which summons this giant space octopus with all these tentacles coming out of the ground this huge aoe um, uh, thing that pops or you can uh kind of you go into like a pool of water and anything that any um, enemies that fall into it you kind of drain their energy or you can cool down like a big um rainstorm or you can do like a you turn into like a tidal wave so is yeah. it like all the the warframes that you get they have these different abilities and you're saying this one is based on the sea um, yeah, this was, yeah but do, what were some of the other kinds <laughs> that you get um so there's there's one that's uh, one called limbo which is based on um the game limbo travel no traveling <laughs> into like a, a mirror dimension so you can you yourself can pop into a, a parallel dimension where nothing can um, hurt you alternatively you can pop a bunch of enemies into a pocket dimension so they can't hurt you whilst you're in that dimension you can kind of switch, switch between them there's one that's based on um uh, sound there's one that's based on um, kind of fairies you can you, you turn to this tiny little pixie and run around and um, shredding things up with your machine pistols and and, um, and uh, lasers there's one that's based on um, just being made of rock there's one that's kind of based on a jester and, and there's hundreds of these um, oh, uh, so quite cool different warframes yeah so you know you can you can kind of pick one and stick with it and the upgrade options are just just endless 
So you pick up these things called mods, which you put into different slots, but then you can level up um, your mods by spending one of the many, many different resource currencies that you, you pick up by doing um, certain things. Uh, but then you can also fiddle around with the slots for your mods as well, so you can make them more efficient, which means you can squeeze more higher level mods in. Um, and as you level up, you, you gain capacity, uh, but they they really drip feed some of these items. So some of the items which, um, for example, double your mod capacity on your weapons. Um, God, yeah, okay. They, they drop very rarely, or they're part of um, um, timed events, and there are t there are timed events going on all all the time. Um, so sometimes there's these big infestations which you have to to raise. Um, there's this whole thing called the night wave, which is based around this radio station, which has these different seasons of content, which is completely different to the current one. Um, is about this person called the glass maker and you have to solve these um, kind of crime scenes <laughs> so um, uh, and but then you un but then doing through doing this you progress that little story but then you also earn night wave currency and then night wave currency can be used to buy um, uh, XYZ uh, yes it's just there's just tons to do and, and coming back to it for a while like I say I'd archived it um, and I thought yeah I've got time in my hands and, and um, the space to play it again uh, it took me about four days, almost four days, kind of playing it near, near <laughs> constantly. You'd be like, okay, I've got my head around uh, what's going on. They've also started to introduce um, uh, these kind of open world bits as well. So you can go to these different open world hubs, and then there's different factions on the hubs to build up your standing, and um, and then the story takes you all kinds of uh, crazy places. So yeah, it's it's a fantastic free to play game. Um, but like I say, because it doesn't have that easy, um, you know, back of the box text for what this game actually is, and it can be, it can be anything you want, really. You could, you know, if you find a, a particular Warframe you like, uh, you could just completely drop all the the gun side of things, and and, and then essentially it becomes a sort of third person <laughs> action game. Right? We um, the movement is so fluid. Um, um, and so you can, you know, there, there are standard missions on, on all the... So let's take Earth, for example. There are a bunch of little hubs in, in on Earth. And there are standard missions that you can do. So one will be exterminate, which is just you have to kill X many baddies. One will be spy, where you have to break into vaults. One will be disruption, where you, you kind of have to protect these different things that you... Pop. There's loads of different um, yeah, loads yeah. of different mission types. So you can, uh, you can kind of just keep running those if you want um, to... Get all your resources and, and, and currency, um, but yeah, you could, you could you if you wanted, you could just kind of come up with a sniper build and then kind of play it snipering, um, or you know if you really liked a whip and actually uh, you know I want this weapon to do uh, loads of um, you know poison buff damage, so you just go around hitting things once and then you just run straight past because the you know the poison eventually um, uh, kind of kills them off. And uh, it feeds. You, you kind of you can organically pick up um, different warframes, and everything you have to manufacture. So, uh, in order to build a new warframe, you need three warframe parts, which you have to unlock. Um, the many many kind of story missions will. A lot of them, you end up with all the parts to make a warframe. Um, but each of those bits you need to build will require some uh, resources, some money, and some items. Um, yeah, some the, the the grind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so you know some of the resources uh, degrade. So when you get them, they they kind of degrade over time. And then some of the resources you can only get on Earth or 
Mars or Phobos. Um, yeah, lots and lots and lots to to uh, to to keep you going. Um, and yeah, like I say, you can say, oh, I'll just quickly do a capture mission, um, take your best Warframe and all your best gear, and, and you know just do it in a minute, um, just to earn a bit of money uh, and a bit of standing with all these different factions. Uh, or you could be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna crawl through this level and I'm gonna find every single resource and treasure chest and hidden item and and um, try not these these random spawns. Uh, and yeah, you could everything from a from a kind of mad dash um, game through to to melee thing through to a, a mix of all three and the customization options are uh uh is what a huge part of it so you can yeah. you can change the colors the skins the attachments um you can wear different um sigils uh you can you can have attachments on your um uh, your chest your arms your ankles and you can change the color combinations of everything <laughs> everything everything so if you wanted you could go in um you know all matching so at the moment um uh, my kind of main guy if you like the hydroid prime so there's normal friends, <laughs> okay. there's prime version um is kind of base it has all different kind of uh the omastar color palette yeah um, <laughs> uh, and then there's one which is artillery and then i'm still trying to find the right warframe to kind of deck out in a in a jigglypuff one there's, i think there's a warframe based on music um, so I think that would, that would be an obvious choice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then so, your your kind of home hub, sorry, is, is Orbiter, and um, you can you can again decorate that to your heart's content. And there's items that you can build to decorate things. Then various quests give you special items. Various timed events do. So so yeah, your your hub Orbiter. Um, you can also form a clan and build a dojo, and that's a whole separate thing. Really starts to feel like your own personal space because you know, oh, here's that little jar from that particular enemy from this mission that i keep on this thing here's these treasures which i found which i'm just piling up in this room here's a little you know weird bobblehead that i got for christmas last year that sits on this console uh yeah okay okay i remember a while back i think it might have even been on the podcast you used the term um or something I might be paraphrasing actually um you were saying that it's got a very visible loop this game as in you're very very aware of the loop of being at the home hub making everything pretty then go out and do a thing and then come back and make everything pretty again is that (laughs) (laughs) is that true does that still stand yeah yeah and there's almost i think there is there's too much to do um so uh, where i picked it up from from not playing a while ago i had two Kind of open storyline missions um one of which was you have i had to fill i had to kill 60 of a certain kind of enemy um to fill a vessel which you then take to a tomb on another planet which then you get another vessel where you have to fill blah 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 um and you know you have to you have to hit a wiki to work out yeah, you've got the, all you've got is this obscure symbol on a jar um and there are hundreds of different enemy types some of which only spawn on certain different maps so there was that to do. Then there was the night wave thing to progress. Then you have various, there's various syndicates, and then each of these open worlds, there's various factions, and you get stuff from upping the standing for you know doing stuff for them, be it farming resources or doing bounties or taking down these huge creatures. And so there is that bit of panic of okay, what, how do I best use my time? Um, and at the same time, you know, all <laughs> yeah. your you're burning through all your resources building stuff, and you want to build stuff. Quickly. 
bits and then you can level it up and uh, and then you know kind of chuck it away um, but that all feeds towards your ultimate kind of big leveling up process um, so yeah it's trying, how, you know, do, do I just uh, spend my time just running this same map over and over and over again because I know that I need loads of this resource and I've just burned through it or do I try and progress um, the storylines or um, you're also on each planet once you go through all the levels uh, you have like a, a challenge where you fight a warframe and then that will unlock another planet um, and uh, all the nodes that you you do a successful mission on essentially all contribute towards your kind of mastery level which is the thing that sits on top of your weapon levels <laughs> and it's <laughs> so to, to the first time you launch it and you know there's menus and sub menus and and there's mods and there's endo and there's this what is this on the ship it can be really um just overwhelming and, and um you know for a while I, I might have discussed it on the podcast before um so i was playing it with uh um uh, a friend and we were kind of playing at the same time i love the it, fact that you tripped over that a little bit just, yeah, <laughs> I can... i'm playing it with uh, ooh, um a friend <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't remember which tag to go with and there's there's one um <laughs> There's one uh, <laughs> podcast-friendly tag, and there's one not-so-podcast-friendly tag uh, that he sometimes goes by. Um, but, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd been playing it for that eight weeks before realising that, oh, you know, we'd completely missed this aspect of it, which is really key to, to you know, yeah. your ca- character getting better. And we had no idea. And then one of us would get ahead in the, in the kind of main overarching story. They'd be like, oh, my God, go through this mission because this happened. Um, it is a bit, I will say, for the richness of, of the lore... Uh, about these different three main factions and various different characters of course there's bosses there um is it does get a bit silly um and and um, you do find yourself kind of skipping through um these cutscenes that occasionally throw at you because it's all just you know space ninja nonsense um what is really going on um, but loads there for you know the warframe wiki is just packed with all this content about this is this and this is secretly this and there's incidental details here and there, um, but yeah, it's a lot, and I, I'm kind of glad that I'm coming to it now, um, with a slight tinge of regret that you know, if if this had come out again, I think we mentioned this on the podcast the other day, if this came out when we were ten years younger, <laughs> <laughs> this would just be all we do, you know, and and it'd never end. <laughs> you'd no, just, you'd, everyone would be on it. Um, yeah, because it's just. Uh, really good really good package and you don't have to pay a single thing for it which is, which is perhaps most astonishing what uh if you did pay money for it what do you get everything quicker um there are some there are some items there are some kind of warframes and skins and cosmetics and um weapons that you can only really buy with um this paid for category which is platinum so you, you can just straight up go to the 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 online store and buy it um but also it is it is a massively multiplayer um game most so you team up with i think it's three others to do any missions but then there are these uh kind of relays so you can if you pick up a particular kind of item and there's various different ways to unlock items you can kind of trade them for this currency um this platinum and you can also use platinum to speed up the building <clears throat> so for example if you're building a warframe um uh, yeah. and you need these three components and then once you get those three components you then need to build the warframe some of those things I think take 12 hours um, to build 
um, or 48 hours to build and so you can kind of use your platinum to to speed it up um, but then for many things there are platinum exclusive items you can also uh, you could just straight up buy it or you could spend the kind of not the money money but the, the credits that you get in game to buy a blueprint and then from the blueprint you can see what you need to buy so yeah um, there's lots of different um, lots of different options but I think that's how they make their their money there's this I think it's called prime access I think which is essentially is big subscription cost um, and then that just means you get oh, all the new wave of content you just get um, um, for free rather than kind of having to farm it <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah it's really good I probably won't stick with it for a while but it's a uh, it, it's because it's definitely an evening destroyer. Um, it feels yeah. like um, a lot of these mobile games, which have the multiple currencies that you have to sort of grind each one. I mean, I, I've never touched it because um, I remember when it first came out. Um, that was quite a while ago. That was two thousand and four or something like that. When it originally PC. launched, yeah, it would have been yeah. yeah. Um, and people were psyched for it, but it got. Um, it didn't get great reviews on launch, um, and I think they added so much to it that it's become like a whole different game since. Yeah, no, uh, uh, well, since since I started playing it, um, what was it two years ago? Uh, yeah, it, it there are bits to it which have completely changed. You know, they're always adding new new modes. And okay, then there's this bit where you have to, which is kind of like ship to ship based combat. Um, and then uh, there's an excellent photo mode, and then uh, on top of that, there's a fighting game that's buried in there. So you can kind of, with enough currency, with one of these syndicates, you can buy like an arcade cabinet. And then uh, as you're doing missions, you can find these little things, which if you scan, unlock different fighters for this beat em up. There's a, a kind of a whole music mechanic, which I've only just, you know, started finding bits for. Um, so yeah, it can really be, <laughs> it can really be whatever you want it to be. Um, uh, and occasionally when you log into these open world areas or, or go to one of these relays which is kind of you know imagine Deep Space Nine basically um, <laughs> you, you head to Deep Space Nine um, and you'll see uh, other people in their warframes um, you know and sometimes you can tell who the dedicated players are because you know they're it makes you feel like you've got a bobblehead hanging up for their shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Well, it makes you feel like some dirty street urchin in, in like, you know, oh, this is a common, common Warframe that you've leveled up. And they, you know, they swan through with some multicolored thing, leaving a trail of petals as they go. And, you know, they're, they're whatever butterfly wings are clipping through the scenery because they take up half the, you know, wow. Not even near, you know, never even seen any of that stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, um, how to get it? So yeah, having um having a lot of fun, um. But I just yeah, I guess, and it would be a lot. It would be a lot more fun. Unfortunately, um, my friend who's playing it doesn't get time to play it. Um, if there are a bunch of you, um, I could see that. You know, just just being life absorbing. Um, working with three other people to uh to you know harvest, farm for certain resources, or you know we're just gonna we're gonna crack these void relics or we're, we're going to try and um, hunt for this warframe where you know you have to do these bosses a certain number of times for a, a chance for one of the three bits you need for a warframe to drop yeah. lovely game one day maybe eventually at some point I will actually install it and play it <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
it's definitely it's definitely one of those things i think you have to, you have to throw yourself at it and be frustrated for a week <laughs> just feel like i don't know what i'm doing uh and then it'll either, it'll either click or it won't i think yeah uh, but yeah I, I recommend this documentary is a good way to to start because the the kind of um how it came about i mean that is a fucking statement by itself farley listen to yourself before you play this game watch this documentary watch, watch this <laughs> watch this two-part hour-long documentary yeah exactly um to get a flavor for whether you think it's it's for you or not and the community yeah the community side of it um is great there's, there's podcasts and um, various updates uh and um, I imagine <laughs> hardcore Warframe players would say playing it on the uh, on the Switch is probably not the best way to play it. There's a few kind of Switch exclusive things, um, but that's another part of the wonder of it, right? Is is when you're playing it in a handheld. So how am I playing this huge MMO on a on a handheld system? And it looks it looks great. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. Frequently, hundreds of screenshots from from doing stuff on Warframe. Say, oh my god, look at that planet exploding or this just this random vista that you come across um as the in the background of a level right if you if you if you ever take the chance to stop and look around you're like, oh this <laughs> looks great looks great insert right. ferris bueller quote yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um that's probably enough waffling on about warframe and I, like i say i'll probably i'll probably fall off it when time becomes a little bit scarcer but uh, i guess that brings me on to what are you playing well farley glad you asked so i have been playing um well with christmas sort of upon us and last year i had a great time to sort of rushing through playing mario odyssey and mm-hmm. i thought i would try and recapture that because for our keen listeners they'll remember that i bought the mario three pack or yep. whatever the 35th anniversary thing it was called 3d all-stars is it all-stars 3d yeah so mario 3d all-stars ninja gaiden um ten so four um <laughs> it's um yeah i decided to fire that one up and i um started playing super mario galaxy for the first time ever um 13 years after release 13 years after release well i mean like i I wasn't a fan of the wii um and then it was never released on any other system so it was kind of that's where it (laughs) just died like all right okay well that's that mario game dead to me oh and plus i hadn't finished mario sunshine oh no i had finished mario sunshine yeah anyway um so i went and started playing that and it was i mean it is what it is it is another mario game um and i started playing it and i was playing the first sort of couple of levels i'm guessing which are tutorial-esque levels i bounced around i collected things on the screen by waving my not a wiimote about i yeah, I was able to do the jumps and I'm like, all right, okay, so they've kept most of the same. The main difference here is he's got a spin jump, which um, can do things and knock people out and stuff like that. Yeah, it also gives you a sort of a, a sort of a double jump, right? So more time in the air. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can do your, your 
um, duck flip and then spin which is quite cool Um, and of course you can like I've just spent most of my time jumping up and down on a star's head trying to jump as high as I could (laughs) (laughs) because that's what you do Um, and yeah I I sort of went around I was collecting the bits I thought right okay these are near infinite supply and then you find out that you can use them to also stun the enemies okay cool I get where this is going Um, I didn't think the controls were that bad Um, I mentioned it briefly to you and you were like they're vastly inferior and people were like complaining about it online but I thought like this feels like I'm using a Wiimote I don't understand what what the what the difference is um do you know have you do you you have any opinions on that no no I I think um this is something um that's come up before uh because we I think we specifically mentioned Super Mario Galaxy like well that's never going to come back because the the Wiimote the, uh, the Wiimote and the Nunchuck were such an integral part to how you you played that game, um, and I think the Joy-Con I'd, ha- I'd have to have hands on. <clears throat> so I think you know the Joy-Cons can do, um, um, can kind of do what they were doing, but it's also that matter of timing, right? So if you were if you were playing this when we were playing everything with the Wiimote and the Nunchuck, yeah, uh, it, it becomes a very different prospect, I think. So, uh, one of your one of your complaints was that that you're kind of having issues with the camera. Yes. I I don't remember that being an issue at all. Um, I don't remember seeing that being an issue at all. Um, So it might be, you know, it might be because we're kind of playing an older game. Uh, The motion controls, you know, isn't isn't the nunchuck and Wiimote, which I think is one of the best controller pairs there's been because all you've got is that thumbstick and the, and the two triggers um, and also there'd be a big bit of time in between um, so yeah being being perhaps a bit um, old fashioned for us at the time um, yeah but I just didn't, didn't remember that being an issue at all well I mean ultimately there isn't a camera control so whatever there was in the Wii version I'm sure still exists but what I did was I came to the sort of conclusion and this is my big reveal, this is the big thing is that Mario games are not hard games they're just made hard or more difficult by camera angles making them really really hard and it's true Um, I, I just like I was looking at like people doing like speedruns of like Mario 64 and they can pretty much do it blindly and they have to do it blindly because there's no way the camera can even keep up with some of the things that people are doing you know it's like jump jump and then suddenly you're over this and you have to do a dive at this point and then spin oh there we go that's you at this uh, un- inconceivable point on top of a py- pyramid uh, within seconds flat but there's no way you could have done that um, and that's talking about Mario 64. But when I was playing um, Mario um, Galaxy, what was annoying me mostly was, yes, very good. We've got this concept of gravity. That's all very, very good. But I'm then being sort of forced to sort of tilt my head in order to see 
you know, like, okay, right, why is he at that angle? Okay, he's upside down. And there's no way for me to sort of do anything other than approach it from a different angle to see this. And then you're just left with shitty angles to do jumps. I, I just jumps into sort of blind faith and hope that you're going to do it at just the right speed and move on. And it's like, does this make a good game or is this, is the only difficulty here just not being able to see or the camera angle being shit so that you have to jump at a, a weird angle and it really really bothered me and I was just like okay right okay get to the next bit and like I'm dressed up as a bee and I've got a short buzzy flying thing and right okay cool I get this right jump do this and then like right okay I'm stuck behind this thing there's a big flower in the way why is it here? How do I get there? And it's like, alright, okay, so I have to move out of the way of the flower and redo the jump. And like, this is, this is not a fun experience. And now, that being said, I mean, like you said, maybe it is to do with time. I don't remember any issues with camera in Mario Odyssey. And then I'm just sort of thinking to myself, perhaps in 10, 13 years down the line, I wonder if I would think, oh my god, this camera's terrible, it's not intuitive, you know, um, so I find myself really, really annoyed with Mario Galaxy's camera, and that's probably just my own personal gripe, because I, I find it frustrating, um, that, like, I'm sitting looking at a screen, forced to look uh, what is essentially, yes, very nice, pretty graphics all around, but then I've got this tiny character that I have to sort of interact and move around with, or have to go behind something in order to sort of move around, and just like, this is, this isn't cool. So, I did a quest in Mario Galaxy where I was scratching a giant queen bee, queen bumblebee, do you know this one? You still there? Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just literally walked away. You looking at guides. <laughs> no, there's a, a strange noise, but I think it's where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't okay. worry about it. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, carry on. Well, I asked a question. What? <laughs> Do you remember the mission? with the queen bee and you have to scratch it uh is that a boss i think it's like the, one of the early bosses right yeah it's not even yeah. really a boss yeah you, you just literally have to grab onto a bee you crawl around it and then you sort of find bits of a star like between her legs and stuff like that and just like this is weird this is wrong um and I, <laughs> so I, and plus again it was just sort of this weird i have to spin round and you know because obviously there's a sphere that she's become and you have to sort of like um follow the camera around and like this is just a, a game where you are making like a camera follow you badly or if you're not very good at the game which i guess i am not um i was making the camera follow me badly and i thought this is this isn't it's not cool that that is what this game is. So I put it down, I put it on pause, and I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to come back to this at another point 
which I really doubt I will do because I'm very, very soured by that initial um, experience. Um, but secondarily, I thought, you know what, I'll go back to Mario 64. And I started playing that. Um, I'd already sort of had a little um, initial first blast through it um, a few podcasts ago. Um so I was already down in the basement and I was in uh, the Pyramid World. Um, I forget what its name is. Shifting Sandland, I think. Um, and it was just yet another example of shitty camera angles. Now, I know, I know, it was the N64. Expectations weren't super high. It was the first foray into 3D. But the camera angles really, really piss me off. Um, and again, it's just like you are running through and you've got the option of the Mario cam, which slowly gravitates behind you, no matter which way you're facing. So I don't know if you're particularly au fait with Mario 64, but the number of times you sort of shift yourself about just to get the right position to do a jump whilst this camera is moving... And then when you shift yourself, you're actually shifting in the position of where the camera's moving. So you end up in this weird, horrible loop of Red Queen scenario of the camera moving and you moving just to try and get that perfect jump. Um, or you've got the option of the Lacky 2 camera, which is... Which I can only consider as, as Nintendo's best idea for a static camera or a camera which gives you a view of how to approach things and it's awful it's really 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 awful and i like just it was so frustrating because the very very simple job of walking along a ledge in the pyramid yeah it's not really it's not tough you know it's a thin ledge there's a, a bit of fire you have to dodge. That's absolutely fine. But you tend... You have this axis uh, that you can walk on. It's um, a small axis. Like, I think it's, it's eight point. And if you don't have the right angle or if you're just walking in just slightly the wrong direction, you'll end up just walking on a slope which will knock you off this ledge. And it's just like, this is... This is rubbish. And there's, like, I thought, right, okay, I'll go for the um, default one. You know, I'll go for the Lakitu camera, the one that Nintendo advises you use as the camera here, and try walking along ledge. And it's like, there's, the only way to do it is by doing this weird sort of zigzag along the ledge, or, like, just do a, a big jump. Like, magically hope that you're going to land it, sort of thing. Um, and that frustrated me a lot, and I was just like, this is not a hard game if people got the camera right. I, and I, I just... I know that sounds like I'm making excuses. Oh, it's the camera's fault. Um, but it just... It's bothered me to a point where I sort of came to the revelation that Mario games, or at least the 3D ones, are just mainly made more difficult and more frustrating by bad cameras. Um, and at least now, I, I, I didn't find an issue with it. 
but going back in time was just like this is really annoying really really annoying but I, I don't know. I haven't even looked up on Google if anybody else has the same gripes as me or not. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what I've been doing because it's, it's such a uh, such a weird complaint. Um, not necessarily a weird complaint that you're making, but, but you know, one it doesn't even even trigger like a flicker of oh yeah, there was there was an issue um, with Galaxy. And I you know played Galaxy and Galaxy Two fairly recently. <clears throat> I think one of our earliest podcasts. I, finished Galaxy yeah. 2 um, uh, and I'm not finding much online there's a huge number of articles because apparently um, 3D All-Stars patched in camera inversion controls which apparently yeah. created a huge problem for people back in the day <clears throat> um, that you, you were kind of forced with um, one way of doing it I can never remember which way I do it um, it's the opposite that, that you think it should work uh, and every single I, I remember this um, and I was actually thinking about this in the because um, I ended up going to camera thinking is there something wrong with the camera because yeah, I remember yeah. playing it uh, and I was doing it I was just like oh inversion and like I, oh that makes sense because every time I go to change the camera using the C pad yeah um, I would always do it once in the wrong way and then go yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in the, the other direction. Yeah. But yeah, you, your brain kind of compensates for that. But I also think that um, there is a level of <sighs> compensation forgiveness that's given to these earlier um, titles as well. Like Because you've spent so long mastering it, you yeah. kind of forgive, right, this camera is shit, but you know, this is it's just something you have to live with and do. Well, I, no, I think it. I think it goes beyond that because when, if you remember, when Mario sixty four came out, the camera was revolutionary, right? It w- wasn't. Oh, this is a pain in the ass. This is like, wow, we've never had this kind of control before. Yeah. Um. So I think it. I think it must just be a. You know, particularly now where you're nine times out, nine games out of ten, which are, which are three D, will just have you know the two the two stick system, and that normally does you well for everything. So I think yeah. it's it's just jarring. Um, having to go back to it. I found uh, there is one review which which kind of mentions that um, uh, particularly Mario 64 but also Galaxy the, the camera can be a bit finickety but you kind of um, as you've just said you kind of acclimatise to it in the end it's just, yeah. it's just a kind of going back to it um, yeah but, um, I, I just think that I didn't have enough patience or time like I was doing things and it was a Mario game it wasn't hard but any time that I did um get hit by an enemy it was because of something that i didn't feel was my fault i felt it was this is a shit camera angle you know like i i get it you know but yeah why 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 is it why why is that fair you know and it's like <laughs> it reminded me of like the old nintendo games where you would uh <laughs> you know you'd be on a screen <laughs> not even that uh, the title screen fades away <laughs> <laughs> Take one step. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and the the um, I don't know. Something comes up on the floor and kills you instantly, and then it's a restart. Like, yeah. Well, so you just needed to know that you were yeah, supposed to yeah. stand on that step. Exactly. That sort of shit. And you're just like, all right, okay. But like, because there is no free movement of the camera, it just really, really annoys me. And like, I noticed it. Like, you could go like one way around a planet. 
um, and you would get a ship view. But if you went up and round and through a different one, you could get a different view. And like, right, so this is, is this just like a difficulty thing? Or, and then I started to realize it's not. It's actually the camera's organic. You don't get the same view twice. You just have no control over it. And I'm like, oh, that that's a bit shit and annoying, you know? Um, and that's what, that's what pissed me off about it. Um, and frustrated me. Um, so I was not like immediately diving into it in the same way as I did perhaps Odyssey and like yeah good great and it didn't become the Christmas game I wanted it to become which is the sad epitaph for <laughs> so that's it do you reckon it's, uh, this camera issue is sorted the earth enough that you'll probably never go back to it um possibly I mean it, it is the sour taste that's still in my mouth <laughs> you know any more uh, metaphors we can chuck in here? Crazy. <laughs> Any salt-based metaphors? Um, um, yeah, okay. Well, um, you know, occasionally you do get these things that you can't get over. Particularly you, uh, they tend to get in your head. Um, so, yeah, it'd be a shame yeah. uh, to miss out on the on the wonder that is Galaxy. But I, I completely understandably why that, you know, that's just going to grate you the whole time. It's like... Uh, it's like what I mentioned about Subnautica you know as soon as a memory issue wiped some of my gear I can just never trust it you know I can never yeah. I can never be playing it at, at ease again um, and so I probably won't yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially when you have to really just fucking life dump into those games as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, yeah. like alright okay so all of my my save time is gone great okay Fantastic. great and then now it means I can't dive to this certain depth of water which is kind of what I need to be doing next and it took me hours to find those upgrades and I can't be bothered to do it ugh yeah and then, oh, yeah. And then the worst is then... when you have to do exactly the same stuff yet again to get back to the point yeah. where you, you lost that yeah yeah, yeah. with the one. fear of this could just disappear again yeah at any point yeah yeah. So yeah, it does. It does. Uh, uh, I don't know. It, to me, I, the way I want to describe it is is it is sort of like a taste. You know, sort of like a feeling when you boot up when you boot up the game. You know, oh yeah, this thing. Yeah. So I can see the camera being like, oh yeah, uh, and then the more you think about it, and the more you notice it. Yeah. The more yeah, the more. It's like that torn nail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. More metaphors. Um, <laughs> okay. Right. So there you go. If, um, uh, Blah, what? Galaxies out of 10? Planets out of 10 for Super Mario Galaxy? Um, I'm going to give it 6 out of 10. No, I'm okay. That's not too bad. I thought you were going to go for some all time. You know, if we ever fed into Metacritic, it would be like <laughs> most people give it ninety percent or more, and then there's one review from that guy's UK, which is one out of ten. Camera shape, by the Camera way. shape. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, let, let's put Mario Galaxy to bed for now. Okay. We'll see if it ever comes out again. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they do anything with Galaxy Two as well, which is. Um, um, the same but very different okay and it's, it's challenging um and what else have you been playing this yuletide um so again taking advantage of the christmas sales i picked up the outer worlds um for the nintendo switch um is that ringing any bells with you 
it is. I'm just drinking my tea at the same time. Um, <laughs> Farley's talking now. I'll just have a, just, a drink uh, of my tea. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought you were thinking, you know, really racking your brain. Do it. The outer worlds? Do I? Um, it does actually ring a accessing memory banks and... <laughs> accessing steam bot list and epic <laughs> store free games that oh, I yeah. have I bought yeah. it twice <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so yeah to, to perhaps jog your memory or refresh your memory it is um, I mean it's fairly obvious it's it is a fallout ripoff um, oh okay but it's more like a sci-fi frontier uh, spaghetti western type setting. So um, Fallout, but you're barreling around in different planets um, in space. Okay. Um, and it's very good um, in a way that I, because when I started playing it and, and it's like, oh, here I am having a dynamic conversation with the characters that, oh no, am I just going to end up Skyriming it and <laughs> yeah, mass- massacring everybody or falling out with a faction um, but actually I've, I've managed to uh, resist um, doing that um, yeah it's really really there's a lot of humour in the game um, they kind of borrow f- again liberally borrow from um, from Fallout uh, so the, the galaxy uh, has been divided up by all these mega corporations um, and lots of different planets are kind of themed around um, these different mega corporations. Uh, it is really kind of corporate and and gritty. So uh, when you go to these different planets, um, they essentially have all these prefab you know, colon, colony colonies, prefab okay. colonies. Yeah. Um, and it's you know, essentially it's all about hard labor and and if you get if you get ill, you have to pay for your sick leave, or you have to take a loan for your sick leave. Um, it's really, really. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of humour. Yeah, it's very dark humour in that. Um, and as far as I've got at the moment, um, the interesting new thing is uh, you have various companions that you can take along um, or not. Uh, I think I may have accidentally killed someone who was potentially a companion. <laughs> um, so me and me and two other companions landed on this space station, uh, which is uh, it's called the Groundbreaker, um, but it's like a, a free port if you like. So the corporations don't have any control. Anyway, for whatever reason, I don't know some secret fire I hadn't seen. Um, one of the companions I brought with me started attacking people, which then kicked off a like a red alert at the space station. Okay. Um, and so uh, yeah, there was a bit of a firefight as I tried to barrel back to my ship. Went on another planet for a while and came back um, and didn't bring that particular companion. <laughs> but, but all the people we killed just still just litter the space station. <laughs> so every time I go back to it it's like, oh, and there's one guy in particular who, who I did have a bit of a conversation with uh, and he kind of indicated that, you know, he was um, you know, he was currently in between jobs but unfortunately he was, he was one of the victims so maybe he'll never join me. Um, so um, I had a quick look um, yeah. down to Worlds. I do not have it in my Steam library or my Epic Store library. Mm-hmm. But what I did uh, find out was that it is actually the same guys that did Fallout New Vegas. Okay, yeah. So Subsidian Games. Um, and they, they do, they make great games. And Fallout, New, as I was saying in uh, the last podcast or the one before, is one of the 
top games of the Fallout yeah. series, and the storytelling is amazing. And yes, very very weird sense of humour yeah. going along there as well. But yeah, yeah they're it's... they're also the guys that did the South Park games as well, Stick of Truth and uh, the something butthole, yeah, fractured truth, butthole, which you're, yeah. uh, which you're a big fan of, and you can read your thoughts and reviews on those on www.legguys.co.uk over the years. Um, so yeah it's really good um uh and the decisions that it kind of ends up you know that they end up having to make are really kind of put the controller down like oh man what do i want to do um, and then look up a guide and see if it does affect your factions no no not being, <laughs> not being, not being looking up guides at all uh and then kind of talk around it because i don't want to spoil it for everyone um you know each of your companions have their own kind of side stories going on and some of those are really difficult uh so yeah really you know really makes you think um and then the the minute to minute gameplay is, is um the same as kind of skyrim and fallout right you, you're picking up so much shit that you can barely walk and then it's <laughs> going yeah, back yeah, to yeah. somewhere and like oh this number's slightly bigger or this has an extra mod capacity or this has um, but with all the all, with all the trappings of uh, kind of sci-fi and then yeah, like I said, um, um, you know, kind of frontier spaghetti western, which is this, um, is this really nice mix? And it's I think... probably like you get that frontier or space frontier western feel from uh, Borderlands as well. So a lot of that has got that sort of um, side of things in there. I wonder if maybe just looking at some of the screenshots, it's quite colourful. Doesn't have the cell shaded, but maybe there's. <laughs> A little bit borrowed from Borderlands as well there. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. But I think it's that setting that's keeping me going and taking it a little bit seriously, more seriously than than um, I ever did in in uh, Skyrim, and uh, kind of ending up playing a uh, kind of lawful good character, which I rarely do. Um, and, you know, and you get the uh, again, much like these other. Um, uh, Obsidian etc. Games. Uh, there is a, there is a basically D and D, um, you know, stat sheet that sits underneath it. So if you're if you put your points in persuasion, you get more conversation options, um, um, you know, or lying or engineering or science or whatever. Um, and yeah, we're just really really enjoying it. Have chuckled out loud a couple of times at, at uh, the odd file that you find here or there. Um, the you can go nuts with the armor and, and weapon combinations that you put together, but then also um, uh, you can do all of that for your companions too. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I guess much like um, sometimes happens in Fallout and Skyrim, sometimes you flip flip over to your kind of active quest page. You've got like twenty things. Jesus Christ, what am I? <laughs> you know, what what should I be doing next, or can I do two at the same time? Um, or um, very early on, and I hope there are a few more examples of this, you, you have kind of five different quests, but then actually if you do a bit more exploring or if you develop one instead of another, it gives you other ways to do things. You know, so, so if yeah. somebody says, I want you to go and kill this, um, but then you actually find out that the thing... Yeah, that, that's straight up follow. Something else, yeah, something yeah, else yeah. something else, and actually you can do... You know, all of them together without without pissing. But only off. if you've got persuasion up at level ninety or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, or you you pop on your, um, your, whatever crappy goggles that are useless for armor, but they give you 
that extra plus five in engineering to nudge you into that that conversation yeah, option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, really good characterization. Um, all the different people that you meet, from you know heads of corporations to people who basically run the black market. Um, one of the companions I've just unlocked. So it, the two first companions you unlock. One of them is is you know doing everything they can to, to make you just really want to care for them and nurture them, and the other one's a bit standoffish. Um, and then the the companion that I've got at the moment is this basically this washing. Um, the cleaning droid that's been reprogrammed and so all of its responses are just um advertising for this company right but but it, <laughs> but it, it kind of fits in so you know normally when you take two characters along and have a conversation um they jump in at various points um and so the camera kind of you know flips to this droid machine he will just say something random about you know the new self-cleaning nozzle from this company um but all the other characters around it react to <laughs> to what it was saying and so yeah his, his, that the the robot and his, the kind of stock responses is easily replacing kind of one of the other characters that we had um, um even though it probably doesn't have that, that same richness of narrative so yeah just just uh, <laughs> cool. really really loving um they're really, really loving the outer worlds and um i looked it up on um how long to beat i think it's only something like 30 hours as well which suits me down to the ground that's a, that's a mm. good I'm- length but not I'm too sure long. it is not 30 hours. You'll bump 100 into that <laughs> easily without even realising it. Um, but yeah, out of curiosity, because I'm sure all of the listeners at home or on their, not on their commutes, at home, yeah, at home. Um, <laughs> yes, the, the safest time you could ever say to all the listeners at home, because that is all anywhere is at the moment. Um, when you say you're playing a lawful good character for the first time, What's your normal uh, gravity um, <laughs> for a D and D character? Um, it's probably uh, definitely chaotic. Um, yeah, maybe chaotic neutral. I'd say, or maybe sometimes just chaotic evil. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would. Uh, and I, I, you know, and I have, I have gone on sprees and then and then popped my last save because somebody did something that annoyed me or uh, or you know you'd be like oh man you know this this woman who's sitting there and there's this so obviously this safe that's sitting right next to her and she's got these two guards um and she's being a real dick um and you know massacre them all and then pop the safe you're like oh okay that's what's in that safe um so yeah so normally and, and it gives you some really mean options as well so so uh with this one of these companions and this <clears throat> this love interest that you can very much steer her towards or against um it's been really hard to pull up from the like the, you know um why are you wasting my time with this <laughs> options <laughs> yeah um you know away from those yeah i'm resisting that I, and but you know it's perfect for a it's perfect for a replay and i know I, and, uh, yeah from a kind of um game mechanics point of view i'd be really interested to see uh how far you could get by wiping everybody out I mean, it might just be a really, really boring game because you don't get any missions, but, you know, um, you still pick up all the items and stuff that you loot from them. Um, so, yeah, if you were to, if you were to really uh, go for a you know, big evil run, um, how far you get. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I don't really have any questions about that one. I mean, okay. yeah, it sounds an awful lot like uh, Fallout. So I'm yeah. glad that you are playing a Fallout-ish game. 
And I'm yeah, glad well, that other ones exist out there. Yeah, and like you know, like I was saying, like we were saying last week um, about the difference between Skyrim and Fallout setting, and, and um, where you have that revelation that you're a fantasy boy fantasy. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not it, it it's a little bit depressing and a little bit dystopian, um, but not quite as depressing as the, as your kind of Fallout, um, Fallout yeah. setting. Yeah, which is yeah, which is something I like. I'm liking. I'm going back for the. The music and the setting in which characters are going to meet next um, and planets are going to explore. So, yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, ask me a question, Farley. What are you playing? So, last time we we met, <laughs> we were playing, or I was playing uh, Diablo 3 on the PC. Yes. If you remember I was having a little bit of a gripe um, about it and I was enjoying playing through but there's things like, oh I've lost the controller I own this on the Switch why didn't I just play it on the Switch um, and all that sort of stuff. So I fired up my Switch yeah. <laughs> and I restarted a character for this season exactly the same character yeah, uh, the Crusader <laughs> I went through and I just started playing it again but on the Switch except way more comfortably well, you know I had a Joy-Con in each hand just on the sofa and I'm yeah, just playing yeah 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 and just love it yeah just straight up relaxed playing Diablo without the worry of the loss <laughs> of the fucking cursor um and it really scratches an itch you know it's like it, it's so simple and easy to navigate um and sort of change you know the skills that you're doing and they're actually really really well thought out i think it's it's it is a good game despite what people say it is just like a rehash simulator and you kind of um it it, you see that this is the game it's become as opposed to the game it was and i remember it when it was the game it was you know it was oh god how many times can i say the word was um and it was just based around the story you go through, you play the story. Then you added in the adventure mode where you go into bounties, where you do the, the secret hidden quests over and over and over again. You get rewards from that. And basically, you get it to the point where you're such a high level that the magic drop level is so high that you're just getting epics in every run. And you are either just burning up those epics. It's not even epics. It's called legendaries in this. Um, but yeah, you, um, you're just burning through them to turn them into materials to make your other legendaries even better um, and they've got like different levels of legendaries now you've got ancient legendaries and you've got primal ancient legendaries and oh, all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. you know but that being said you, you know you end up just sort of enjoying the game for what it is getting the primals and the ancients and stuff like that are not going to push your stats to a point where you are completely invincible or anything like that it's just going to basically be I am aiming for this perfect character with everything perfect on it. Because once you've completed the season, the character becomes a real character and you can then switch between your old characters, you can then switch gear and all that sort of stuff. It's just a nice way to play it. Um, But 
I'm not fussed by that in any fashion at all. I'm just sitting there on the sofa, really enjoying running through, playing through a character, messing around with different builds, and then just sort of pushing my character as far as I can to get, you know, the highest levels before I can get the next rewards and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, it's way better on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably one of the handful of games, right, that you can say that. Yeah, well, I think with Diablo 3, um, when it came out, it was kind of evident that it was meant for consoles. Uh-huh. And then, you know, a year later, oh, look at us, we brought Diablo 3 out for consoles. <laughs> but this was like, I think it was PS3 and 360 they came out for. Yeah. You know, that's how old uh, this game is. Um, and then eventually got ported to the Switch. Um, but yeah, it, it really does scratch that role-playing itch, especially when you're playing World of Warcraft as I am and you're playing high-level raiding constantly you can expect to see loot I don't know, maybe once every two weeks or something <laughs> like that you know <laughs> whereas this you you get loot so often that you're just yeah. chucking it away yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not exactly that you know the the 30 second play loop that, that people like to, to talk no, about no no absolutely not <laughs> um and in fact yeah you you just like you go in there and you know it's weird the with, with World of Warcraft, you actually know who else is potentially going to be bidding on the same item that you've got, and you're just thinking, right, okay, do, do I have more currency than him? Am I going to be able to... <laughs> am I going to pip this one, you know? like, Or just wait eight weeks and get it then, or whatever. Um, ultimately, it's... Um, it's good fun. Um, uh, but yeah, with Diablo 3, it's just... it's the complete polar opposite of yeah it's got items some items with even the same names um but they're just <laughs> dropping it was just quite fun um but yeah it's just like and they're just dropping left right and center you're just like oh you know what this one has got you know some stupid other stats it's got intelligence rather than strength on it fuck it you know what burn you know trash it salvage it turn it into something else and you're just <laughs> like <laughs> it is not the minimalist game in any fashion um, because you collect a lot of stuff but very little of it else you need to even worry about you just like fuck it I got all this trash you know and it's great just get all the things burn all the things make the other things better make the other things a bit better <laughs> make the other things better <laughs> go into a dungeon <laughs> when is your dalmio day um <laughs> awful awful stereotype um and yeah yeah but yeah go to a dungeon burn through it. it's good fun um yeah so in conclusion, Farley, to your your wonderful question, what are you playing? I am playing the same game, but on the console, because <laughs> reasons. Because yeah. you know I don't have a massive, massive backlog of other games to play in any fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Why not? Yeah. Why not jump between the same game? Can you play as the same? Is there crossplay? So you can you play as the same character? Uh, what do you mean? <clears throat> So is it like does it link to your um whatever the blizzard account is and so you can choose to play the exact same character 
you have on the PC on the Switch? Was it not that? Oh no, no. Uh, PC and Switch um, are two different. Like um, there is a level of um, different architecture in there, um, mm-hmm. and it's weird because there was actually talk of um, bringing controller support to the PC version. Um, but the <laughs> the coding had forked so much between the time of actually releasing the PS3 and Diablo 3 that they're actually on two different uh, trees. Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's a shame because if you just gave us the, you know, the controller version for our PCs, we would be happy people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, great. Um, I, I don't understand why you've done that. Like, go back in time and do it, you know? <laughs> 2020, and they're still looking for controller support for PC games. Fuck, you know? Yeah. Ooh. Right. Okay. Uh, what else have you been playing, Farley? So the last game which I've been playing, again, took advantage of the sales. It's been on my wish list for a long time. Um... And then I was feeling in the mood for it. I think I'd started Outer Worlds and Warframe, which are two big, chunky games. There's like sort um, little palette cleanser in between that, that, that uh, isn't potentially life-absorbing. So I downloaded Gris or Gris. Gris, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Gris, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, of course have you played it? No. <laughs> well, I strongly recommend that you do. It is uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh game it, i mean everything everything about it is um uh laser focused on tugging your heartstrings right yeah. so from the from the first second of the game you've got this uh beautiful piano plinky soft score <laughs> um uh i've downloaded the soundtrack because um some of those some of those songs really got to my head it's not particularly challenging at all um, for vast portions of the game, you were just just holding the run this way button. Um, you do you do in a very Metroid light um, unlock different abilities, but but you're not spending hours kind of um, uh, scratching your head about what you should be doing next or where you should go. Okay. Uh, and yeah, the trajectory of it kind of tells this um, through two cutscenes, um, a secret a secret third one. Uh, but mostly music and the way that the, the levels change and, and the, this beautiful, beautiful kind of hand-drawn but watercolored washed okay. um, uh, aesthetic comes through. So yeah, it's just one of those quick. I think it took me about four hours to to burn through first time, and then there are a few things to kind of go back and collect and, and see if you want to. Um, but just uh, a beautiful, beautiful game. Uh, yeah, and actually. You know, did probably for the first time ever, um, uh, uh, got a bit teary at the end, which is ah, okay. Um, an achievement considering you know there's no there's no voice acting. It's a short game. Um, yeah, it was just it was just uh, such a, a a beautifully put together together game. And it says it says more by not saying anything than than if you know you were reading files or sitting through um, hour-long cutscenes. So yeah, really recommend it. And again, it's, you know, in, in true that guy's um, a Maniac style, yeah, widely 
uh, lauded when it came out. I think three years ago now. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so you know, it was surprising nobody by saying it's a really good game. Um, but then a couple of a couple of friends have um, either been looking for stuff to play on Switch or picked up Switch um, at Christmas, and so I've recommended it to them. And a couple of them have downloaded and played it, and also enjoyed it as well. So that's yeah, it's a really it's a really easy one to recommend. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, and if you've got it, um, and again you are feeling in between games and want to play something that's just very different. It's fine, Farley. I'm playing uh, two different versions, PC and console, <laughs> of uh, old, old games. Yeah, just and at the moment you're just sitting on eBay, so you can find a, a, an old PlayStation 3 that has it. <laughs> just <so you> <laughs> burn through that version as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I, um, I'd, I'd really recommend it. And anyway, I put it in, you know, it goes in the same box as um, uh, The Unfinished Swan and Everybody's Gone to the Rapture and um, perhaps some of the walking simulators. Um uh, but yeah, a lot to a lot to love about it, and, and um, like I say, these songs have been caught in my head, and um, I've replayed almost all of it um, since then. Uh, and yeah, it's an easy easy recommend for because you know sometimes people say, oh yeah, you know, I know that you like um, video games. What do you recommend? And you could say like, well, Warframe's great, but it's not an easy recommend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, what, I don't know. Yeah, where yeah. I don't know where you're coming from, and and you know how much time you're thinking of putting into it, or you know, or, or whether you PS, like something. Yeah. Watch this documentary watch, or this yeah, two-part this, documentary before you do it. Two-part documentary before deciding whether or not you do. Um, um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really easy one to be like. Oh, it's it's um, a little game. It's cheap. Um, it's very easy. It's not especially cha- you know, it's not especially challenging, or you don't have to come at it with um, a uh, mental roller decks of. of video game techniques um in order to you know get past things um yeah um, very very nice nice beautiful um uh game yeah and quite cool. unlike anything i've ever played before yeah well i mean that's good um, I mean, I've got a ton of these indie games just sitting in my steam i think i actually picked up greece gris b I think it's Spanish, so however you pronounce that in Spanish. Um, incidentally, in Norwegian, that means pig. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, yeah, so the Norwegian pig game. Yep. Nice. Cool. Um, I don't have anything else to play, so I'm going to... That's a lie. Well... Not to play. I haven't been playing anything else <laughs> during our Yule time, so I'm just going to say one thing, Farley. Go on. That guy's a maniac. Why did he bite me? 